I've been gone so long Living this cowboy song When nights turn into days Turn into nights I'm tired of these spinning wheels And damn the songs on Hey, this is J.R. Toothman and Justin Nolan and Jarrett Toothman today with you for Toothman Talk. And today we have a very special guest uh, that has a story that is not only groundbreaking for West Virginia, but worldwide groundbreaking. Uh, Jarrett Toothman, could you give us a little bit of an insight on our uh, guest today? Yeah, so I'm, I'm really, really excited to have uh, the opportunity to speak with uh, Mr. Buckhalter this week, you know. I think it was the first episode we kind of previously touched on some of the innovations that uh, WVU Medicine has been making, uh, and he's a living, breathing testament to that. Uh, he's one of the first in the world to have his substance use disorder managed through deep brain stimulation surgery. This is literally one of the first uh, instances in the world, and it happened right here in North Central West Virginia. So uh, I'm beyond excited to get to talk to him and uh, hear his story. Jared, uh I'd like to find out a little bit about yourself. I know that you grew up in Pennsylvania, actually not too far from our stomping ground of, you know, the Morgantown area and kind of tell us a little bit about the growing up. It seemed like from what I've read and what I've known, it was a pretty normal childhood. I mean, just a, a you know, pretty nothing traumatic that often leads to issues of uh, substance abuse, that type of thing, a, a pretty normal childhood like most of us lived. Yeah, you know, I, I had a, uh, I wouldn't say picture perfect childhood, but I had a, a very, very good one. That's for sure. Um, both parents, you know, in my life steadily. Um, yeah, it, I had, you know, just about everything I wanted, um, you know, from, from that standpoint. So yeah, I, I can't say anything bad about my childhood. And I definitely can't blame you know what what ended up happening to me I you know was in no shape or form because of anything from my childhood and you know I was raised to you know steer clear of drugs and you know um very 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 strict household um but you know that the the disease of addiction you know, it, it doesn't really care, you know, how you were raised. Uh, it, it doesn't discriminate, um, you know, and, and, and a simple surgery uh, ended up uh, starting that whole whole process for me uh, of addiction. Now, the uh, I understand uh, as you grew up, you know, to the high school age, that type of thing that you were quite an athlete. Uh, uh, played, I think maybe three sports, but especially stood out on the football field. Uh, so can you kind of tell us maybe if how that led maybe to, or down the road to, uh, where maybe your problem sourced from? Sure. Uh, you know, I actually, uh, dislocated my shoulder playing basketball. Um, and then, uh, and then it just, once it came out the first time, it, you know, I think in all three of the sports that I played, I ended up dislocating it, you know, a few other times. But, uh, yeah, so playing football, obviously, you know, contact sport. Um, and so after my sophomore year, I decided to, to get surgery on it so that, 
you know, I could be, uh, be better prepared for uh, the next season. And that, you know, that's what led to, you know, getting, getting the pain pills. And, you know, back then, you know, they were, doctors were being told, you know, to, to push them and, you know, to not allow anybody to be in pain. Uh, so it was nothing for, for me to get, you know, pills um, from that point and then moving forward as well. Jared, to give us a timetable on about what year was this, uh, you know, your sophomore, junior of high school? Excuse me. Yeah, so that was probably 2002. Um, yeah, 2002. Okay, that kind of puts it in perspective for our listeners to know, uh, because uh, Jared, I think you can, um, and I'm talking to Jared with the T's as we have a Jared and a Jared with us. Uh, but if you want to kind of uh, take from here as far as uh, some of what Jared has been through uh, and how we got to that point and where we stand right now with, uh, with this groundbreaking surgery. Yeah, so I would like to hear, you know, just from you. So from the time you said in 2002 when you had uh, the surgery, how long was it from then till the uh, the surgery you had at WVU Medicine? Uh, how many years from that? Oh boy! Um, so you're talking 2002 to 2019, so 17 years. Uh, you know, th th this this problem, you know, has definitely built up, you know, over the years and progressively got worse, um, and. You know, the, the worst part about it was, you know, I was using against my own will. Um, and, and what I mean by that uh, is I, I would try so hard and, you know, I was, I, I participated and in, in enrolled in different programs, was in many different rehabs uh, over the years, detoxes, um, and, and, and to my best effort, I, I couldn't, I couldn't stop, you know, I, I could not stop. Um, and then of course, uh, you know, a lot of people have gotten to know about, you know, the procedure that I had. Uh, and, and, and it wasn't until then, you know, that, that I was able to get a grip on things. Now, what, what led you to WU Medicine's Rockefeller Neuroscience Institute? Uh, how did you get there? And um, how did the conversation even get started about such a groundbreaking uh, uh, treatment? Yeah, so um, so what what ended up leading me to the, the Rockefeller Neuroscience Center was uh, I, I went to detox. Well, I went into Ruby ER one day, and this was probably 2017, 16, something like that. Um, and just went in through the ER and, and told them what was going on and that I needed help. Um, and, and, and they ended up sending me up to the, up to Chestnut Ridge, uh, to the dual diagnosis unit, um, which is basically like a detox. And from there, from that detox, they, when I left that detox, they enrolled me in one of their programs there at Chestnut Ridge. So, from that point on, I was connected to, uh, within uh, the WVU umbrella. And so when this surgery came out, um, yes, it came from the 
Rockefeller Neuroscience Center, uh, but all the participants that were uh, screened and, and to be a candidate, you had to had been enrolled in WVU uh, at, at Chestnut Ridge, and um, yeah, and, and, and one day, one day, a, a doctor that I had a really good relationship with um, knew how hard I tried. You know, knew that I always showed up, always was truthful about what was going on, and uh, he, he just really knew that I. I, I really tried and, and did everything I could to stay clean. But like I said, to my best effort, you know, I, I couldn't do it. So he, he came in and, you know, presented this opportunity and, uh, you know, immediately I said, yes. Um, but, you know, after it sunk in that I was really going to undergo, undergo brain surgery, um, that, that decision started to weigh on me, but, um, but at the end of the day, I ended up electing to do it. So, uh, yeah, that that's kind of how it started. How I uh, was involved with WVU and 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 how it ended up, uh, how I was ended up being presented with it uh, was, yeah, and and just an appointment. No, Jared, this is Jr. Once again, I I did have a question. Uh, I, I'm assuming, and I don't know this for sure, but just based on what we have seen in our experiences with getting to know Chris Heron, that type of thing. Uh, I know the addiction started with the opioids. I'm assuming that at some point, maybe it migrated to like heroin or that type of thing because of the, um, once the pills became harder to get or more uh, cost prohibitive that the heroin was a, an option. And maybe I'm making a broad assumption there, but I, I just wanted to kind of fill that in. Yeah, sure. No, that's exactly right. You know, uh, started off with, you know, Percocets and progressively went to Oxycontin. And when, when, when my tolerance was, you know, when I built such a, a big tolerance, strong tolerance to the Oxycontin, you know, it, it got to be, you know, $200 a day habit. And, you know, and then I was introduced to the heroin and you could, spend $20 a day versus $200 a day and, and get a, a better high. So that's, that's exactly what happens. Um, and that's, that's exactly what happened to me. So yes, it, it progressed from, you know, Percocets to Oxycontin to heroin. Uh, I was on, I, I was, I was on heroin uh, by the age of 21, 20, probably. Jared, this is, <clears throat> this is Justin, excuse me. What's kind of intriguing to me, or, or has my curiosity peaked, uh, is what the surgery process was like for you. I mean, what from the time you kind of went under for the surgery and then post-surgery, what kind of transpired? I mean, how how life-altering was that for you? Yeah, that that's a good question. Um, you know, it was it was very life-changing. I knew that if I was going to undergo brain surgery, that I made a commitment to myself, um, like I did a lot of times. Um, but I, I, I made a commitment to myself that I was not going to use no matter what. If I was going to risk, you know, having 
some type of side effects uh, due to the surgery that if I was going to go to that great length that that I was going to do just whatever I could. And, and so, yeah, I go I undergo the surgery um, awake for 80 percent of it. Um, and yeah, I after the after the surgery, uh, it, it was not a very it, it wasn't a very long uh the recovery uh it, it was fairly short um within a few weeks you know the, the scars of the, the the stitches came out and you know it it didn't look too bad the only thing that made it stick out is you know my head was shaved um and so yeah i i, I get the surgery um and 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 i had to stay in in treatment for another month after the surgery. So I was in there a month before surgery and then a month after. Um, and then, you know, they waited two weeks to, to turn the, the stimulator on. Uh, and when they turned the stimulator on, it was immediate. The feeling was immediate and uh, a very calm feeling. Um, and you know, when you're messing with dopamine, uh, there was there was definitely uh, euphoric feeling, um, but it levels off. You know, you have that euphoric feeling, and then, you know, the next day, it's it's leveled off, and it, it's not very noticeable. Um, not not like it was the, the day that they first turned it on, so. Yeah, we had to, you know, in that month, we we changed things to change the settings. You know, it's not just on or off. You know, once you have it on, you know, there's different settings that you can adjust it. You can adjust like the intensity of it, the frequency and the voltage. Um, and then each side of the uh, implant has four contacts, the one on the right side of the nucleus accumbens, one on the left side. And with the combination of those four contacts combined with uh, those three settings that I said that we could adjust with, there's thousands of different ways that they can adjust it. So, um, so that's what we did. We, we made adjustments to, I got uh, to a therapeutic level and, you know, that's when I uh, kind of was able to leave and, you know, that's, that's where things stayed. That's Jared, one thing I, I think I read about, or maybe even saw on, uh, I can't remember if it was the Today Show or Good Morning America, you were awake uh, and cognizant for a big part of this surgery? Yeah, so I was awake for 80% of the surgery. Uh, and, you know, you talk about a weird feeling. Um, I, I, you know, you know that, that they're going inside your brain and, you know, just yeah, just a very, very uh, nervous, nerve-wracking feeling for sure. Yeah, that was just one thing I just, when I read that, I had to sit there and just try to fathom that through my mind because, uh, you know, it's bad enough when you're at the dentist, let alone when they're going into your, you know, the the system that controls everything and uh, I just was thinking about, the, you know, the emotions or the, you know, what's going through your head at that point. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think that if I told you that uh, that I was relaxed and, you know, 
carefree at that time, you know, I, I'd be lying. I wouldn't be human. Um, so yeah, very, very, very nerve wracking, anxious. Um, but I just had to keep in mind, you know, that I had faith in the, in the, in the surgeon, um, one of the top surgeons in the world. Uh, so I knew that I was in good hands and that's kind of, you know, how I was able to, to get through it uh, without, you know, really panicking. One other thing I had, and I just, uh, and then we'll kind of, we appreciate the time that you spent with us and kind of telling your story. And I think that another attestation to what the, the resources we have here at, uh, at WVU Medicine and that type of thing, and to have this type of facilities and this groundbreaking surgery right here in West Virginia is, is, is amazing to me because, I mean, we know we are absolutely under siege uh, with this opioid epidemic, uh, not only in our state, but obviously you're from Pennsylvania and I have friends in Kentucky that are dealing with the same thing. And um, it's just a massive problem. So if this can hopefully, you know, because in, in our conversations with people with addiction, there is that desperation of it's either I'm going to die at the hands of the drug or, you know, I've got to try something, you know, and, and there is, and I'm sure that that unfortunately went through your head that, Hey, you know, this isn't going to end well for me if I don't do something even desperate and maybe even your athletic background, you know, led you up to the point of taking a chance that most people, cause I'm sure a lot of people passed up on this opportunity. Oh yeah. There's no doubt. Um, see the, the thing is uh, you have to be a fairly healthy addict to even qualify. So you have to be, end-stage drug addict, yet healthy enough to, to withstand, you know, brain surgery. And so it's a very tough criteria to make to get the surgery. And, and then on top of that, you got to have the willingness to do it, even if you are a candidate. It definitely takes someone that is as desperate as I was. I, uh, I just have one last question before uh, we close out. And again, thank you so much for your time. Uh, but uh, I'd read that now uh, you work with West Virginia Sober Living uh, as a peer recovery specialist. Tell me a little bit about that and how your past experiences uh, help with, you know, others. Yeah, you know, I was given a great opportunity from Doug and John that really helped, you know, early on surround me with great people, all, in, all people in recovery, most with uh, multiple years, and it just set me up for success. After working, you know, here for a while, I was able to get my peer recovery support specialist uh, credential, and you know, now I'm helping others that that suffered just like I do. And and what that kind of looks like is, you know, we, when they first get here, you know, I sat down with them, uh, we kind of map out, you know, what what they would like to work towards some goals. If I can connect them to some resources to help with any of their needs, you know, that's kind of what it looks like for me. And, you know, I think that if anything, you know, I just offer them some hope. I was once in their shoes and, you know, now I'm here. Jerry, we want to thank you so much for taking your time today. Uh, we want to wish you continued luck on your journey and obviously um, for helping others, uh, you know, to pay it forward as, you know, you've had some success and we know it's an everyday battle, uh, but mm -hmm. as you continue to help others, uh, you know, fight that battle as well. 
And uh, like I said, if there's anything that we can do for you in the future, as far as uh, assisting with that, we sure appreciate your time today. And uh, thanks for being a part of Toothman Talk. Sure. Thank you for the opportunity. And yeah, if I, if I happen to ever need anything, I, I will be sure to reach out. Thanks for giving me the opportunity and the platform to, you know, maybe share a message of hope to, to those still struggling. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Yes, thank you so much. And thank you uh, for everything you do to help our communities. Yeah, not a problem. Not a problem at all. I think, uh, if anything, I may be shopping for a car here soon. So I may stop by for to shop around a little bit, maybe when the, the cars come back around. I know that the dealerships are having a hard time getting cars. In yeah, we didn't, we didn't bring you on the show to try to sell you a car, but we would not <laughs> be a car salesman if we didn't try once you were here. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I hear you, man. Yeah, I'll have to stop by. Well, sounds good. We appreciate your time and thank you so much. Sure. You guys have a great evening. You too. Bye-bye. You're welcome. Uh, we'd like to thank uh, Jared Buckholder for being with us today so much. Uh, just uh, an amazing story and uh, absolutely, you know, groundbreaking that this is taking place uh, right here in West Virginia. Uh, but for Justin Nolan, Jared Toothman, and myself, J.R. Toothman, thank you for listening to Toothman Talk.